Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Hot Sulla Cast, the podcast that goes inside the in, inside and in depth to give you a better approach to the daily lives of EMTs and volunteers in Hot Sulla, um, both in Israel and abroad. And this week we have a very special guest with us, another volunteer of the local Hot Sulla Beit Shemesh, sitting down with us. His name is Rabbi Levi Friedman, and in, during the day he he tends to moonlight as as the head of a head of one of the local schools here. And when he's not busy teaching and doing other wonderful things, he's out saving lives. And it's it's a wonderful schluss to have someone like him on the show. And as we say with all our guests, I'm, you know, you never know what kind of interesting stories will come up once we sit down and talk with them. So, Rablevi, welcome aboard. I'm so happy we get to sit and talk. Um, how are you? What's going on? Baruch Hashem, it's a tremendous schluss to be part of this show. Uh, first time uh, ever being on one of these. I hope it helps you. I hope it helps Hatzal Beit Shemesh. I hope it helps the uh, Ramah Beit Shemesh. I hope it enlightens and inspires. And uh, if it can help anybody in any way, it was worth the time. Well, that's our goal. That's our goal. Now, you you've been, you been volunteer for Hatzal Beit Shemesh. And I also, I, I know you from the community, but I also know you also, you do, you volunteer for some of the other local EMS organizations as well. I, I think that's really interesting that you're that you you you're able to do both. It seems it seems very it seems very gishmak. How does that work out for you? Well, you go right for the politics, and the first question you're supposed to save that for the end. No, there's no politics, There's no politics. I'm just I, my I, my I my, th- my question is my question is how does that work if you if you know you got both radios on you and you know you have if you have a call come in where where do you go? I go wherever the call is. Of course, wherever the call is, I go to that one first. Masha Kodam Kodam, whatever call comes out first is the one I go to, for sure. Your That's... question is better, why do I wear two radios? Exactly. And that I'll, that I'll answer for you, because I know when I was six years old, I thought that the Hatzala, the Hatzala guys in my neighborhood, in my shul, were the coolest guys out there. Now, when I was six and I was seven, most six and seven-year-old boys, they think that Hatzala guys are the coolest thing ever. Then when they get about eight or nine or ten, they kind of figure out not so much, and they grow <laughs> out of that. Well, guess what? I never grew out of it. I still think that Atzala guys are the coolest guys ever. When I see Atzala ambulance going by, I look to see who's driving in. I give them, hey, you guys are the best. I think that Atzala guys are the coolest guys ever. I'm like a six-year-old when it comes to that, and that's why I still volunteer. So if I hear that we're in a neighborhood where there's two Atzalas, uh, and they're both giving out radios to wear. I'm going to wear two radios because I I'm still that six year old who thinks that's all that is cool. So I'm that's stuck amazing. in that rut. I wear two radios. Ama Sod, as they say. That's amazing. Well, you got, you just answered my 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 next question of how did you it, how did you get involved with Hatzala? It seems like you've you've really had a fascination with with EMS and EMTs since you were since you were young. So what's the backstory? When I was a young kid, I thought Hatzala guys were the coolest guys ever. So when I was 17 years old, you have to be 18 to take an EMT course in New York State. I took the course already when I was 17 and became an EMT. The January 1st, the moment, first moment that I could, I, by 18, I was a fully-fledged certified New York State EMT. Wow. And I was already volunteering. I did my work study. In senior year of high school, you have to do a 120-hour work study. I did over 200 hours volunteering as an EMT 
in New York City's Bellevue NYU Major Trauma Center. Wow. They have an education center and a burn center. And I just hung out in the ER pretty much all day, helping the nurses and helping the doctors, starting lines, putting on leads, bandaging, helping them do stitches and things like that. So I really got my feet wet in Bellevue ER. Then when I came to Israel for my year in Israel, I started volunteering right away for Magen David Adom as a Chovesh Malavez, an EMT Chovesh. They took me right in and I started riding the ambulances. Even in my wow. first year in Israel, Shana Aleph, at least once a week I was doing... Oh. There you go. <laughs> I was already already running as an EMT, already in my Shana Aleph. And then when I went back after Shadabet to YU, I joined YU's uh, Washington Heights Hatsala Division. So I was already uh, doing Hatsala there in Washington Heights Hatsala, uh, uh, driving the beautiful ambulance that they have there in Washington Heights Hatsala. Then, uh, Baruch Hashem, I made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael with my wife and my young boys. And when my young boys were uh, young, I took a little break from Hatsala when my kids were younger and in the house. And then as I started, Baruch Hashem, getting a little, a little older and going off to Yeshiva, I rejoined again, Hatzalah uh, Beit Shemesh and Ichar Hatzalah here in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Baruch Hashem, it's a big zechus. Wow. Uh, we're having a great time. And uh, we really get to help people in their time of need. Uh, when a person comes up to me and says, you took me to the hospital or you helped me that day or you, you were there when I broke my leg, it really, it really, there's nothing better. There's not, there's no other kosher uh, adrenaline rush that's out there that's able to you're able to get as a as a from yid other than driving license sirens and knowing that at the under <laughs> at the end of your drive there's going to be somebody whose life you could save or you could really really help them they're really sick and you can get there in their time of need and really and really help them in in the most real way yeah wow go ahead that's amazing. You know, it seems like you you really like from the moment you could, you've really been involved in in this world, and it it's it's astounding. Like the, the gishmak you get from from being able to help people, be able to do this, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, my, my my what I was thinking was you said that you were you were an, you had a you had an EMT license in New York. Um, when you come to Israel, like when you said you moved to Israel. Do you have, does that transfer over? Just, you, have that... to, you have to do, get a, uh, do what's called a hashlama. You have to get a, a hishtalmut that transfers over your New York State EMT license to the Israeli chovesh because there's different protocols here in Israel than they have in the United States. The famous one being is that a chovesh in Israel can start lines and can give fluids whereas an EMT in New York State cannot start a line. It cannot give fluids uh, legally, according to the protocol. Mm. And uh, so therefore, here in uh, Israel, the EMTs, the basic BLS EMTs, start lines and give fluids. Therefore, the first thing I had to do was take a whole long course in how to start lines and give fluids. And there are other different protocols that uh, differ between New York State and Israel, and therefore I had to go through a, a little bit of a course to accustom myself and pass the course here but then I, it took me a you know a short time, and then right in, and you're and you're off on running. That's so interesting. So so here, so in Israel, it seems like the the EMTs um, um, have a bit more of a leg up than though their counterparts in the states. They have a bit more. It seems like they they do a little bit more. They like, do a little bit more in terms of being able to start a line and give fluids. 
But again, if you ask a real medical expert, the main job of an EMT is to rapidly transport the patient to the nearest medical facility. And any time wasted in the field is time wasted. You need to be in the trauma center. You need to be in the stroke center. You need to be in the cardio cath lab. All the things you need to do as an EMT, the most important medically is rapid transport to the nearest medical facility. Anything you're doing in the field is just delaying the inevitable of the goal of getting them to, to the immediate care. Right. And, uh, as an EMT, we always we only we don't provide definitive care in the field. Right. We only provide initial first response care, and we're rapidly transporting them to the nearest medical facility. So, right. uh, it's nice to know that I can give fluids and start a line, but we never <laughs> delay transport. I don't know if I, how medical you want to get into this conversation, <laughs> but we never delay transport for anything except to stabilize an airway. And certainly right. not give a line. Right. Yeah. Well, in, in terms of rapid transport, you know, it's a sore subject to people out here and live in Beit Shemesh that, the, that there's, no, there's no hospital in, in the vicinity. And the closest thing you have to a hospital is, you, is, is, is Jerusalem. So right. in, 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 yeah. with your experience in doing this for as, as many years as you have, well, how, do you, how do you look at that? Like, what, what are your certainly. thoughts on so that? Certainly you have to avail yourself you have to avail yourself of the Kupot Cholim and the Terim and the urgent care centers that they have here uh, in Ramapi Chemesh and know ahead of time that the closest hospital is uh, 32 minutes away. I know some of the drivers out there say that they could do it in 24 minutes. My my nickname for myself is uh, Driving Miss Daisy. I'm a slower driver than the others. So for <laughs> me, it takes 30 to 32 minutes to get to Hadassah and Karim or even Sharit Sedek. So... Yes, it is true that we are far from a, from a hospital, but we do have nice uh, tarim and urgent care centers for most calls. And if a person does get does need to get to the hospital, so we'll obviously take them to the hospital, which means that we're taking a 32-minute ride there. And it takes also about 45 minutes to get back. So most of our Hatzalah transports, Hatzalah Beit Shemesh transports here from Rabbi Shemesh, it's a, basically a two-hour call, which is a lot of commitment on the volunteers' part. It's a call vote to all our volunteers. Wow. That, that is really intense. You're basically going out for two hours if you have to run to the yeah. hospital. You have to really consider that anytime you answer our Tzala Beit Shemesh call, you're going to be out of the house or out of work or out of yeshiva or out of call, out of Seder uh, from your family time for two hours. If it's going to be a transport to Jerusalem Hospital, you have to be ready. Wow. What, what, you, how often do you go out on transports? How often do you go out and drive the ambulance? Uh, every day. Oh, really? <laughs> you're... you're... Day, at least, at least once a day, I'm on Hatzalah Kol Baruch Hashem. Sometimes more, sometimes less, depending what, depending what life brings and life allows. And uh, there's, you know, different parts. Of, some parts of the day, you're like, okay, I'm ready for a call, no matter what it is. Sometimes you're listening to the radio and you'll go if it's a, if it's a call that you feel is something that's, uh, you know, life altering, life changing. And sometimes your radio is off and you need to be family time or home time, or you're in the middle of a podcast and you can't be disturbed and you can't be disrupted. Fair enough. In, in in terms of the ambulances, though, you said that when you were in America, you used to drive the ambulance too. Is it a different license in Israel than it is in America? Yeah, in America, you only need an EMT license and a driver's license to drive the ambulance. There's no special ambulance license. Really? And in Israel, you need a special ambulance license to drive an ambulance. Just a funny thing because really driving an ambulance has nothing to do with medical knowledge. You basically you're just driving a big truck or a big van. It shouldn't have anything to do with each other. Right. But in America, as long as you have an EMT license and a New York and a, in New York State for sure, you you have a, you can drive the ambulance. 
But in Israel, you have to do a whole nother special driver's training safety course. Uh, it's over uh, it's over 60 hours of driver's training and on top of your other license that you might have in order to get the uh, ambulance license here. What's the reason behind it? Like, why, why are they so... so... I think it's, it's rightfully so. When you're driving lights and sirens down a highway or down a, a side street or anywhere, uh, you, the drivers around you are going to be reacting differently than you just driving in your regular car. You have a whole new set of rules that you need to keep and, and abide by. Uh, obviously, you can't break any, any laws, but we do know that if you're driving lights and sirens in your ambulance, all of a sudden you're driving through red lights cautiously. You're driving up against, you go into intersections where the other cars really have the right of way and you need to go through that intersection even though they have the green and you have the red. So you have to make sure that every lane of cars are stopping and that's a whole new set of rules that you have to play by. So it's really, it's not just you happen to be an EMT, therefore you can drive an ambulance. There is a whole new set of uh, licensing procedures that goes on here in Israel. In America also, even though, you're an EMT, you have a driver's license, you can drive the ambulance. Still, every Hatsala has its own in-house state of, of driving licensing in-house, meaning there's no official license, but when you join Hatsala, let's say in Washington Heights, so first I had to observe another driver mm-hmm. for 50 to 100 calls, and then well, only then was I allowed to actually drive the ambulance not lights and sirens. Only then, after about twenty calls of that, was I then were you, are you then allowed to drive an ambulance, lights and sirens to the call, but not with the patient, not with the patient. And only after another twenty calls like that, again with the senior driver next to you, observing and critiquing you, only then are you allowed to actually drive an ambulance uh, with lights and sirens with the patient. So even though it's not coming from the New York State uh, DMV. Every Hatzalah has their own in-house state of protocols that lets the drivers move up until they are fully fledged to first respond with an ambulance, lights and sirens, with the patient to the hospital, etc. That is so interesting. That so 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 even though there's no real official protocol, everyone has their own in-house protocol to For make sure, sure it you makes sense. Not take a new a new EMT who's never driven an ambulance before and give him the keys put a patient in the back, say, go ahead, drive lights and sirens through uh, Grand Central Parkway or Ocean Parkway or down Broadway or down 13th Avenue in Bar no Park and say, here you go. No, he's got to observe another driver doing it for maybe 50 or 100 calls. He's got to be observed doing it with the senior driver next to him. And only then will you actually give him the keys and say, okay, all yours. Yeah, it takes a while. Wow. Now, it's interesting what you were saying about how you have to be very cautious in terms of driving even because because you, you're going through intersections or going through – you're running red lights. It actually happened to me one time here. I was at, I was at one, about eight years ago when I had my first kid. Um, we were in the ambulance. was on Shabbos. And at the time, I wasn't living in Beit Shemesh. I was living in um, the Shamron. And so the ambulance was coming up the empty highway that near near Neveyakov, Piskatzev, and you'd think there'd no, be nobody on the roads because it, it, it was Shabbos. And we hit through the intersection. All of a sudden, this a guy comes, from, comes out of nowhere, a car comes out of nowhere on the left and smashes right behind the ambulance. Oh. And, you know, the funny, like, the, the ironic thing was, I was telling my wife, you know, we're on the way to the hospital. I was like, you know, I've, I've never been in a car accident before, but you know, it'd be, if you're in an, it'd be, the best way to do it would be in an ambulance. And then bam. But like the guy was very cautious. He was very, the, the guy was driving, the driver was doing his job. He was being very cautious. This car came out of nowhere. But the funny thing was the accident happened right in front of a Mata station. 
So they're able to, there was a modest station right there. So they were able to pull, pull us wow. out and put us in another ambulance. Wow. But it, it. yeah, no, and, and it, it was just crazy. But what, what happens to you guys in, in these situations on Shabbos? Like if, if you get into an accident on the road or something like that, like what exactly, what, what's the protocol? With we would that? have to call for another ambulance. If we have one nearby from our own organization, we would call our organization. But if we're already in Yerushalayim, we don't have our own organization. We'd have to call for Magin David Adom to back us up in that situation. Has, has something like that ever happened? Like where the ambulance get, I'm sure you... it's happened out where Baruch Hashem out there. Baruch Hashem, it hasn't happened to me, but I'm sure it's happened out there where an ambulance going with a patient has gone to an accident for sure. Wow, that that that's intense though. The thought of that is actually is quite intense. It, you know, you never you never really know what's going to happen. But I find it so interesting what you're saying about the whole like the whole ambulance like driving the ambulance. Is it is it, it seems like it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think it's the only kosher uh, dread on the rush out there. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing like it. Because you get to play with the sirens? You get to go through traffic. Everyone has to, quote unquote, move out of the way for you. You're allowed to drive cautiously, but uh, above the speed limit, go through red lights. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice feeling. And you know you're doing it. And you're getting a mitzvah at the same time. And it's... Uh, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the slowest drivers in, on on the squad. So there are other guys who drive way faster than me. But even at my slow pace, there is a geschmack to it, of course. That's great. Now, in in when it comes to all this stuff, you you've been doing this for how many years? How many years have you been a volunteer EMT? Yeah, I've been an EMT for 25 years. Wow. What in 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 that 25 year span? What's one of the craziest situations you have ever been in? See, a lot of people think that you're on a cellar for the crazy crazy calls. I, I don't. I I like the like. I enjoy the calls. You understand? The person they're calling Atzala, they didn't wake up that morning thinking, you know what? This morning I'm going to call Atzala. Right. They never thought in their wildest dreams that today they're going to call Atzala. Most of them, it's the first time or second time in their life that they're ever going to call Atzala. Never again and never before. Right. It's really their their most panicking crisis life moment where there where everything falls they didn't know their their grandfather falls down a, a stairs they slice their thumb open right. they uh they faint in the middle of the day they their child is having an asthma attack he falls down a flight of stairs and breaks his arm they didn't plan for this this right. is their crisis moment this is their life-altering moment they're going to remember this for the rest of their life this is an emergency and you walk in the door when I walk in the door, I like to give the feeling that the emergency is over. Everything is going to be okay. I mean, it mm. might not be okay, okay, but it's okay for now. The emergency is over. And sometimes you hear it when they see you. Mm. They could still be on the phone with the dispatcher. They say the words, they're here. I'm here. Everything is going to be okay. What's happening? The first thing we do in every situation is we try to calm the people down. Okay. This is something that just happened. It's something acute. It's a medical emergency. Let's figure it out. Let's take a deep breath and figure it out together. Most people are, think that it's always all about the flashing lights. It's about talking and listening to a person in their time of medical need. Most of the time, the people who call it are just sick, too sick to get up, too sick to move. They're throwing up. They're fainting. They have terrible pain. This is the worst moment of their life. So you have to be here for them. You have to be present for them. It's not all about saving lives. I'd say out of all the thousands of calls I've been on, only only five 
90% are you save the person's life. The other 95% you're just helping them in their time of medical need. And therefore oh. you be there for them. You listen. Again, we're only EMTs. We're not doctors. So we can't provide definitive care, but we can provide counsel. What do you need to do next? Where should you go next? What should be done? Should you go to your local doctor? Should you go to the Kupar Cholin? Should you go to the Terem, the urgent care center? Is this something that you could stay home for? Does it need to be seen by a medical professional above an EMT? The answer is hmm. usually yes. So do we need to go to one of the Jerusalem hospitals? Which Jerusalem hospital? You have Hadassah in Karan, you have Shari Tzedek, you have Hadassah Hatsofim, you have other hospitals in, in Israel. Which hospital would be best for this situation? So all of that is part of the Atzala guy's expertise to try to end the emergency when they walk in the room, to give that calmness, to be CCC, calm, cool, and collected, and speak mm. in a low tone, bring everything down, bring the tones down in the room, clear out. There might sometimes in a Hatzalah call, you see there's a lot of people, a right. million people around, and especially if it's outside, a million kids and a million neighbors, and everyone's watching and yelling. Bring them to a quiet room, to a quiet place, and say, what's happening? What can I help? What can I help you with? How can we help you? How can we alleviate this medical emergency, this situation? That's really what we're here for. They're saving lives, maybe in 5% of the calls. The other 95% of the calls is just being there for the person and helping them through whatever it is they're going through right now in this medical situation. That's what we're here for. That's really incredible. Yeah, I've heard that a lot of people say that about Hatzalah Beit Shemesh in particular, that their their bedside manner is very, very, is very, very like, like top notch. Like when we, when we sat down a couple weeks ago with, with Moshe Braun, he was telling me the whole point, the whole, the whole point of why he wanted, one of the reasons why he wanted to found Hatzalah Beit Shemesh was to emulate that American Hatzalah, that care that you would get through like within the American Hatzalah and how the bedside manner and all those other aspects of it. And it seems like from what you just described, you, you know, you're doing it, keep staying calm and cool and collective, making sure that the situation is under control because 90% of the time it's true. Like people, the, the, the situation is 10 times worse when people are freaking out. And if everybody is, is, is calm and under control, then, then there's no need to freak out. And, you know, I I, th I think that's really incredible. I think that's that's absolutely incredible. And now I I guess I'll rephrase my question. What's one of your mo more memorable um, calls that you've taken? Well, uh, <laughs> you know every every call is 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 memorable. But I I I like to think that when when I we help people who we know. Mm -hmm. It's uh, that's the most memorable when it's a neighbor, when it's a person we know from shul, when it's a person who we see every single day. I really feel that some people say that when it comes time for you know you're in a medical emergency, it's a little bit embarrassing. I feel that when it's a person that I know and they see me, I think it really calms them down. I really feel that if you see a familiar face, someone you know from shul, someone you know from down the block. Another thing that's very important here in Israel is somebody who speaks English. Right. The American population, the Anglo population, also the Brits, also everyone who speaks English. When you're going through a medical crisis, you need to be able to describe what's happening to you in your mother tongue. You don't have time to start translating into, into Hebrew 
that I'm having some chest pain or I'm having some stomach pain or my son is having difficulty breathing or my father is having some weakness. You don't want to have to start translating that to Hebrew. When you right. see an American face here mm. in Ramat Pechemish, you're able to describe what's happening to you in your, in your mother tongue of English. And it's a person that you know and that you trust, you know, from shul, you know, from the school, you know, from the neighborhood, you know, from down the block. I really feel so. The the calls that are most memorable to me was when I help people that I know, and uh, nothing in particular stands out. Nothing crazy of people, you know. Just that I can that I helped people that were my friends in life, and that I was able to give them a f- part of a friendship on a more ultimate level is also helping them in their time of need. My neighbor fell down the stairs and broke her leg, and I was able to take her to the hospital. Uh, to get her leg casted. Nothing oh. crazy, but I was there for her as a, as a friend, as a neighbor, and she was much more comfortable than and seeing a familiar face when she after she fell down a flight of stairs, to see a familiar face walk in the room, she it was like the, the whole thing calmed down because she knew that I was going to take care of her as I would take care of my own child or my own sister or my own, my own mother. So that's the kind of care that we want to give. And I always think of that when I'm, there's a patient sitting in front of me as if they're my own child, as if they're my own sister, my own mother, and my father, my brother. I would want to treat them. How would I want my family treated? That's the way I'm going to treat the next patient. That's incredible. I, that that's really that's really that's really incredible. And I, I applaud your efforts. And I, I think I think that your experience in doing this for over, for over 20 years has really helped you to to find that medium and find that that way to connect with people and and really help the situation i I think i think it's phenomenal now we did touch on this in the beginning of the show um about your two radios but it it's it's quite fascinating that bechemish is a very massive city and growing and there's three ems organizations here in the city how how do from your experience working with two of them, and obviously I'm assuming you've worked with Maginda Vida Dome in, in passing, how how do they all get along? How do they all work together in, in order to make sure everybody's lives are safe are take are, are are saved and the calls get taken care of? Like how what have you what's your experience working with all three of them? Well, you're really getting to the politics of the uh, situation. No uh, politics, right no politics. Just I'm, I'm curious. I happen to think that uh, just like any Jewish organization, just like uh, just like you have in Ramat Beit Shemesh, you know, five or six shuls within the same two feet of each other, and some people right. dominate in this shul, and some people down in that shul, and uh, also schools. There's right. great schools in the neighborhood. Some people send here, some people send there. Also, makolets. Some people. Right. This Makola and that Makola and stores. In Judaism, it, it, that's the way it works. In Yiddishkeit, you don't have one big shul for the whole Ramah B'Shemesh or one big school for the Ramah B'Shemesh right. or one big store for the Everybody likes different different things and different strokes and different folks. And there's amazing th- uh, aspects of Magin David Adom and amazing about Ichar Atzala and amazing about Atzala B'Shemesh. Of course, all three of them have ways to improve it but seems like everybody amazing, amazing, amazing jobs, and and uh, I think it's great for Kleiso and great for Mabit Chemish that we have these three organizations working to help save lives here in Mabit Chemish. It seems like fun. everybody gets together and and works together when when needed, though. From what I've from what I've heard and what I've seen personally, what? when 
million percent of the time, any time that there's any politics, it's only, you know, in the back room somewhere when people are talking, you know, after the call. In the in the call itself, everyone, Bashetach, Kamoshomin Bashetach, Benachopshim. Everything works amazing. Everything's full of respect for each other. There's a mm-hmm. lot of respect. There's a lot of, uh, I've been doing this for 25 years and there are other EMTs for all the, both organizations that have been doing this for, for a trillion years. And uh, right. there's also paramedics who know way more than we do and are way more experienced and have way more capabilities than we have. There's also doctors. Right. So there's always more to learn and more to gain from. And for the most part, you see the all three organizations are, are really are really uh, working well with each other, and it's it's something beautiful to see a lot of times. Well, that's what I find again. That's what I find very interesting in such a growing city. There's three EMS organizations, and everybody really gets along, and everyone works together in order to make sure everything is taken care of. And right. everyone has their own way of doing things, but at the end of the day, um, the goal is accomplished by making sure that the patient is is okay. And it, it, it's fantastic. It really shows tremendous achdus, and it really shows tremendous, tremendous schlussen for all these things. I think now, so. Now, my, what I want to end off with you, we, we asked this question to everybody on the show just to get their perspective. We're, we're ending off? Are we? I thought it was going to go, I could go much longer. Okay. I would love for you to go much longer. Sure. I'll do it again. Sure. No, but um, I, I, I often ask this question to everybody and I wanted to get their own perspective on it um, because everybody has their own perspectives on, on things and everyone has their own answer for certain things. But when it comes to becoming joining Hatzalah, what, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody, whether it's in America, whether it's in Israel, whether it's in who knows where, like what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's looking to join Hatzalah? What, and what would you say to them with one with your years of experience in this and also your in terms of knowing and and being involved right I would definitely say if a person is interested in joining Atsala, I would say to go for it it's an amazing way of, of doing your chesed. it's an amazing way of giving of your time it's helping people in the most basic and fundamental uh, way in their time of need in their time of medical crisis. I would also say that it's needed. We always need more guys and more manpower and more people who are gonna who are gonna run and take calls and drive the ambulance and get training. And there's always um, some fall off from people who do the training and end up not taking so many calls because life gets busy. So we always need more people, fresh, fresh, fresh blood coming through. So if you're interested, <clears throat> go for it. There's always a need. Certainly in Ramapi Chemish Beit Chemish, there's always a need for more for more people. And my only piece of advice was always keep in mind, if you can, what does the patient need right now? A lot of times mm. in a hotel in call from beginning to end, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that what would be right now, if I were the person sitting in that bed right now, if I was that patient, what mm. would I want? So you always keep that in mind. What does the patient need right now? A lot of times there's distractions and noise. And we, we might forget for a second, wait a second, there's a person who's really sick right now who did not wake up this morning thinking you know what today's a good day to call it Sella. this is a surprise <laughs> for them this is a time that they did not expect if they could press restart on the day they would for sure press restart again they didn't want to come to this they all of a sudden they have to call it Sella in the middle of the day so this is their time of need keep that in mind and keep focused on them because it's uh it's really could get distracting especially with a lot of things a lot of lights and sirens and things moving around and, uh, and other obligations 
he focused on the patient, on the patient, on the patient. And, and that's a very good, that's a very good advice and a very good point. How, uh, I mean, how have you been able to train yourself to stay focused on that? Like, it's yeah, really- it's, uh, it's a vaida for sure. It's the, it's really the goal of every single call to keep, to keep focused because there's a lot of things going on in a call. You have to, you're in touch with the dispatcher. There's backup units. There's guys who are there ahead of you. There might be other organizations on the call as well, who are also, and there's, there's people in the family that are around this patient. There's needs, there's time constraints. And then we also, wait a second, there's actually a sick person there who we need to go eye to eye, level to level, go down to level physically. Physically, you're standing there and they're on their bed or on their, on their floor, on their own chair. Go down, take a knee, go down to their level eye to eye, talk to them in their language, listen to them, find out what's happening with them. And really, really take a second to think, what does this patient need right now? What do they need right now? And then and they really keep focused on the patient. So it's a constant, constant avoidance. Wow. That, that is really, that's really amazing. And I, I, I feel like your, your skills as an educator have also really helped you in this, in this situation Thank because, you. because the way you're describing how you're describing it, it seems like, it, like, you know, your skills as an educator and a principal and, and doing, doing that as well. Um, it seems that's, like that's it's very humbling. Thank you. It, it seems like it's definitely helped. Now I, <laughs> I, I do, there's I, definitely, I do. Uh, there's definitely a, uh, symbiotic relationship between being a school principal and caring about the chinuch of Baruch Hashem, 200 plus boys here in Ramah Bet Shemesh in our beautiful school, Tamatar Darchenoam, which has grown over the last 13 years from 20 kids to over 200 boys. We're, we're able to give them a real chinuch, beautiful midos and darcheretz, limudei kodesh on the highest level, limudei chol on the highest level, and proper attitude towards Eretz Yisrael and the other Jews within Klai Yisrael. So it's really a dream to be able to do that. And also being a Hatzalah guy, also kind of fits into to that it's it's giving to children it's giving to people in the in the neighborhood and it's being involved in helping helping other people in their whether it's an educational need that they have or a medical need that they have so i enjoy i enjoy doing both for sure and uh, just like every single day in the school is different than the day before because uh, educational challenges and challenges of the children behavioral challenges of some some children it's always going to be different every single day as they grow over, older and as they interact with each other and the new things. So, so too, every single Atzala call is different. No two Atzala calls are the same. Every single one is different. So it's really exciting to be part of such a thing. Privilege. Wow. Call a vote. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Give us a little insight about the ambulances, the licenses, licensing in here in America, and your perspective on on and on everything. And it truly was very, very powerful and very helpful. And I'm sure our listeners will definitely agree and and give some more insight into what it's like to be in your shoes. Um, but again, Reverend Levy, I appreciate you coming down and taking the time to sit with us. And you should continue to be Matzliach. You continue to do good work for people in the community and wherever you go. And you've just listened to another great episode of the Hatzalah Kamenast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show on all major podcasting platforms. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hatzalah Cast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hatzalah organization. Stay safe and stay tuned.